Turn with me to John chapter 8, verse 30. John chapter 8 and verse 30. Sherry had a plant that was dying. Some of you may know what that experience is like. And uh, somebody told her, if you will take coffee and pour it in that plant, that plant will do better. And so she tried it. And sure enough, her leftover coffee brought new life to that plant. And it began to thrive. Um, the Word of God is like that coffee was for that plant for you and I. Um, God's Word helps us thrive spiritually. Jesus is the living Word. And as He spoke in His earthly ministry, uh, He was speaking the Word of God in a way that had never been spoken before, and He was living it. And uh, as people responded to Him they could begin to thrive as they responded in faith to Jesus Christ. Uh, this continues the Feast of the Tabernacles for the Jewish people. This scripture does. And uh, I spoke with you last week about the fact that they did a water ceremony, but uh, this is the fire ceremony. And, and during the Feast of the Tabernacles, on the opening night, and, and sometimes throughout the week, they would have these great, huge pillars of fire just burning uh, in the temple area. There were four of them. And uh, it was a reminder of how God had brought them through the wilderness uh, with a pillar of fire and a pillar of a cloud. And uh, it was a picture of Jesus Christ. Uh, and the number four represented the fact that, it go that the, the light goes for all the world. The Jewish people were to be a light to the nations. Well, in verse 12, uh, before the scripture we're going to read here, it, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And he is saying it in the context of the Feast of the Tabernacles and this great worship celebration that was taking place in the temple. And Jesus is saying, this is about me. <laughs> I am the light of the world. Your feast was preparing you for me to come. And so you need to listen to what I'm saying. And there's this debate that's going on between Jesus and the Pharisees. And, and, and he's reminding them, listen, it's not just I uh, that am saying this to you, but, but my Father is saying this through me. And, and the Spirit of God is, is saying this through me, as he says elsewhere. Uh, and so he's saying you need to listen because this is the Word of God that is coming to you. And you need to open your ears and listen to what God has to say. Now, in this whole debate section... There are three times where Jesus has a truly, truly, or if you've got an old King James, verily, verily. Uh, it's a way of emphasizing something that is being said. And so Jesus has two groups that he's speaking to. One are the Pharisees and the leaders that are opposed to him and that are debating with him. But the other are those people that are just around listening. And, and some of them actually are coming to faith as they listen to Jesus. And Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to, don't forget this. Truly, truly, I'm saying this to you. I want you to hear this because it could change your life. In the Old Testament, God told Moses, after he'd given him the, the law, he said, uh, bring this to the people and say, these are not idle words for you. These are your life. That's in his essence what Jesus is saying here. What you hear from me, these are not idle words. These are your life. Make sure you listen. 
So as God's people, we need to listen to God's word and respond to it in faith. How to thrive spiritually. Uh, Look with me at verse 30 of John chapter 8. As he was saying these things, many believed on him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, uh, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We are descendants of Abraham, they answered him, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? Jesus responded, I assure you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. Therefore, if the son sets you free, you really will be free. I know you are descendants of Abraham, but you are trying to kill me because my word is not welcome among you. I speak what I have seen in the presence of my father. Therefore, you do what you have heard from your father. Our father is Abraham, they replied. If you were Abraham's children, Jesus told them, you would do what Abraham did. But now you are trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You are doing what your father does. We weren't born of sexual immorality, they said. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, because I came from God and I am here. For I didn't come on my own, but he sent me. Why don't you understand what I say? Because you cannot listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has not stood in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of liars. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Who among you can convict me of sin? If I tell the truth, why don't you believe me? The one who is from God listens to God's words. This is why you don't listen, because you are not from God. The Jews responded to him, aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan and have a demon? I do not have a demon, Jesus answered. On the contrary, I honor my father and you dishonor me. I do not seek my glory. The one who seeks it also judges. I assure you, if anyone keeps my words, he will never see death ever. Then the Jews said, now we know you have a demon. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. You say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death ever. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died? Even the prophets died. Who do you pretend to be? If I glorify myself, Jesus answered, my glory is nothing. My father, you say about him, he is our God. He is the one who glorifies me. You have never known him, but I know him. If I were to say I don't know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham was overjoyed that he would see my day. He saw it and rejoiced. The Jews replied, you aren't 50 years old yet, and you've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, I assure you, before Abraham was, I am. At that, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden and went out of the temple complex. How to thrive spiritually. The first thing I want you to see is in order to thrive spiritually, you need to remain in his word. Remain in his word. In verse 31, Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you continue in my word, if you remain 
in my word, you are really my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So Jesus is encouraging us to remain in his word. Uh, Jesus, you say, well, Jesus isn't standing with us here today. Well, yeah, he's not. He's given us the scripture with his word recorded in it. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Uh, Also, he's given us the Holy Spirit who communicates his word to our hearts and who directs us and guides us. And so, uh, but uh, as we apply this, the primary way is through his word. We listen to what God is saying. And as we listen to the truth, the truth will set us free. Now, they begin to have a debate with him. And they say, well, we've not been slaves of anyone. We're Jewish people, which really wasn't true because they'd been enslaved by the Babylonians and the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans. But, um, but they're saying, we, we are not slaves of anybody. We're Jewish people. We're servants of God. But Jesus says, truly, truly, or my translation says, I assure you, uh, the one who sins is a slave of sin. Do we not see that in our culture today? People are enslaved to sin. Everywhere you look, um, whether it is alcohol or drugs or pornography or uh, immorality, what, I mean, you look everywhere, you see this slavery to sin, and the one who sins is a slave of sin. Jesus looked beneath the exterior of these religious leaders, and he saw their hearts. You see, they could impress other people with their religion, but Jesus saw beyond the exterior to the heart. And he knew that they were in spiritual slavery. And Jesus said, look, I want to, I want to tell you, if you will listen to me, and not just you as religious leaders, but if, if you all will listen to me, remain in my word, I want to tell you that as you listen, as you remain, and now as we read, you will be set free. What a powerful, powerful word. There is power in the word of God to set people free. Paul says this, be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your minds. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Why do we need the truth so much? Because we have somebody who's in charge of this world who is a liar. His name is Satan. The scripture calls him the God of this age, the prince of the power of the air. And he is in charge of this world system, this world's way of thinking and the world's way of believing. And and all of it is built around the lies of the devil. And so um, you'll find many times that as you begin to look at what culture says about different issues, and then you look at what the word of God says about different issues, you find that those two things are, are opposed to each other. Why is that? Because Satan is opposed to God. Lies are opposed to the truth. And so Jesus says, I want you to listen to what I'm saying to you because if you get a hold of this, if you understand this truth and, and the Holy Spirit applies it to your heart, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so, I I just want to encourage you as God's people today, uh, be in the Word of God. And on a regular daily basis, 
Uh, we're very blessed. It, it, you know, we live in a literate society. There's many places in the world where people, if they want to hear God's word, they have to come to church. And you need to come to church. Don't get me wrong. You need to come to church. But uh, be in God's word each day. Because we have the ability to, to hear from God each day. And, and ask the Holy Spirit of God to speak to you as you read God's word. And, and to apply it to your heart. And to help you to understand what he wants to say to you through his word. And what you'll find as you persist in that uh, is that God will increasingly change you into the likeness of Christ. Um, one, one of the, the letters of Paul, he talks about, uh, I'm praying for you to have the riches of the fullness of understanding so that you might know all of these things that are ours in Christ. In another place, he says, I, I want you to know the height and the width and the depth and the breadth of the love of God, which is beyond all understanding. How do you find that out through his word? Um, he also uh, talks about the fact that in one of the churches he was writing to, he says, uh, God's word has been bearing fruit among you from the time that you heard and understood the word of God in truth and the grace of God in truth, they begin to really get a hold of what God's grace was and it set them free. That's exactly what Jesus is talking about here. He's saying, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Uh, I'm glad Elaine sang that song a few moments ago because it was, I love that song and it's, it is so full of truth because... That's exactly what Jesus did. He became sin for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You truly get a hold of that. And you truly understand that you are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. It's going to change the way you view yourself. It's going to change the way you live. He's saying you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Remain in the truth. By the way, the word that he uses for remain in the truth is the same word he uses over in John chapter 15 where he says, abide in me. Remain. That's an ongoing practice in your life. Be in the house of God to hear God's truth. Come to Sunday school to discuss God's truth. Spend regular time and daily quiet time with God Reading God's truth. Why? Because as God's truth comes into your life, it will make a difference in you. It will change you. And it will ultimately set you free. It will teach you how to live in the Spirit-filled life and in God's power. So remain in His Word. Um, secondly, keep His Word. Keep His Word. John chapter 8 and verse 50. I do not seek my glory. The one who seeks it also judges. I assure you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death, ever. If anyone keeps my word. Here's another truly, truly. My translation says, I assure you. Truly, truly. If you ever listen to Charles Stanley, he says, Listen, listen, listen. Okay, that's what Jesus is saying. Truth. Pay attention to this. If you keep my word, you'll never see death. 
What's Jesus mean by that? Well, the Pharisees misunderstood him. They thought he was talking about if you, if you um, keep his word, you'll never die physically. But that's not what he was saying. In John chapter 11, Jesus tells Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He's talking about a bodily resurrection there. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. And the one who lives and believes in me will never die. So he's speaking about two different applications of eternal life. One is the physical resurrection of a body when Jesus comes back. But the other is, he who lives and believes in me will never die. He's speaking about spiritually living in Christ. Why do we call salvation eternal life? It's because of the moment you trust Christ, God makes you a new creation in Christ and you begin that eternal life for which you were created. That's what Jesus is saying. If you keep my word, you will never see death. But even more than that, even more than accepting Christ and beginning that relationship of eternal life, Jesus is also speaking about what he spoke about in John 10.10. He said, I have come that you might have life, and you might have it abundantly. So, it's not just that you have eternal life as a possession, but that you are living in the enjoyment of the full blessing and benefit of that eternal life. The abundant life that John 10.10 talks about. That's what Jesus is talking about here. He's saying, if you keep my word, you will never see death. He's, he's uh, comparing death and life spiritually as the experience of the abundant life or refusing to experience it uh, through your sin. And so uh, we quench the Holy Spirit of God through our sin. We have to confess that, um, ask God to give us uh, a changed heart um, so that we can keep his word. Give us a heart. I love what Jesus said. If, if, you, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be filled. And so this is an encouragement to do just that, to, to keep Christ's words. Now, the Pharisees were not all that concerned about what Jesus was saying. They thought he was wrong. They thought he was crazy. We think you have a demon. You're a Samaritan. They're calling him names. You know? um, you're crazy. The prophets died. Uh, Abraham died. You think you're better than them? I mean, they thought Jesus had lost his mind. They didn't understand what he was saying. But Jesus is saying, here in the middle of it, if you will keep my word, if you'll remain in it, if you'll keep it, I want you to understand that you are going to experience life like you've never experienced it. But they missed it because they weren't listening. And they refused to keep it. How many people have eternal life? But they're not living in the full benefits of enjoying that eternal life. Um, did you know that Jesus came to save you from the consequences of sin, but he also came to save you from the power of sin so that you could live for God? And as you live that righteous life of following God, it's the opposite of what the world says. Isn't that what we're just talking about? The world says, if you follow God, you're going to be miserable. You're going to, you know, all your enjoyment's going to be sucked out of life. And you're just going to be one of those closed people who dress in black and who have a scowl on their face all the time. That's what the world wants us to believe. But the opposite is true. 
When you sell out to Christ and you surrender to him and you put your faith in him, you become a Christian. And then you begin to live in obedience to God's word, you begin to experience what life is all about. Jesus said it this way in another, way, in another place. He said, he who seeks to save his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will find it. What's he saying? The same thing. You lay your life down for me in obedience. And you follow me, you're going to find out what living is all about. Um, there's a song I heard on the radio a couple of weeks ago and, and just was singing, thinking about it. And, and uh, the lyrics, I'm just paraphrasing here because I don't know the song real well. But uh, basically, she's saying, Lord, I just surrender all my dreams, all my plans. I just surrender them to you. You lead me. I'll follow you. That's the idea here. I just want to follow you, Jesus. I set aside my agendas, I set aside my way, I set aside my will. I want to follow you in obedience and everything. That is where abundant life starts. By the way, that's one reason that saving faith involves repentance. Because there has to be a surrender of your heart to Christ. That's part of saving faith. Uh, you, it's, it's not just that you are receiving salvation, but you are surrendering who you are to Christ, to follow Him. And so, uh, once you've made that decision, then it becomes a daily decision. Not that you get eternal life each day. No, once you got that, you've always got it, or otherwise it wouldn't be eternal. But you make a daily decision, I am crucified with Christ. And you, you take up your cross and you follow Jesus. As you do that, you will find that you're experiencing abundant life. Um, keep his word. Remain in his word. Keep his word. You ever fail to follow the directions? I remember uh, a while back I had gotten some medication. I was sick and I was supposed to take this medication. It's on the side of the bottle it says, take with food. I was sick, and I was in a hurry, and I thought, I'm not waiting. I opened it up, I popped the pill in my mouth, and I drunk it down. And then my stomach started doing gymnastics. And I began to hear the rumbling and begin to get queasy and, you know. So, after that experience, the next time, I ate it with food. I followed directions. And I found out that my quality of life was a whole lot better when I followed the directions. The same thing is true with God's word. When you keep God's word, you find that life is a whole lot better. Abundant life. Remain in his word. Keep his word. Thirdly, rely on his word. Rely on his word. Verse 58 Jesus said to them, I assure you. Now, there's a, there's a, let me back up a couple of verses. Look, look, at, um, look at verse um, 56. Your father Abraham was overjoyed that he would see my day. He saw it and rejoiced. Jesus replied, you're not 50 years old yet. And you've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, I assure you, before Abraham was, I am. 
Now, what is Jesus saying here? Well, they're saying, you're only 50, you're only 50 years old. There's no way you could have seen Abraham. I mean, we're, we didn't fall off the turnip truck yesterday. We know how old you are. We know you haven't seen Abraham, right? Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. What's he claiming? He is claiming that before Abraham was ever born, he was in existence. But he's claiming even more than that. When God told Moses, I want you to go and deliver the children of Israel from slavery, Moses said, Lord, I, I feel inadequate. He began to kind of have a debate with God over it. But ultimately, Moses says to him, God, who shall I tell them that is sending me? And he says, tell them, I am that I am, that I am has sent me to you. Jesus is claiming to be Yahweh or Jehovah God of the Old Testament. That's what he's claiming. Before Abraham was, I am. And by the way, the Jews knew exactly what he was saying. You know how I know that? Because if you read on, verse 59, at that, they picked up stones to throw at him. They were going to stone him to death. For blasphemy. How dare this mere man say that he is God? They were mad. They were furious. The audacity of this. And they began to pick up these stones to literally crush him to death with stones and to kill him for blasphemy. But Jesus supernaturally somehow escapes. God's uh, protection was over him until his time to suffer came. But why is Jesus telling them this? I assure you, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. What is he calling them to do? He's calling them to rely on him. To rely on his word. The message that Jesus is telling them is, I am. I I am the one who can meet every need. I am the one who can face whatever challenge is before you. Um, Just as in the Old Testament, God says, listen, Pharaoh is not that big of a deal to me. I can deliver the people of Israel out of Egypt. I am. And, And the plagues came and the Red Sea split and Water came from a rock and manna came from heaven because the I am was with them. That's what Jesus is saying. Rely on my word. I am. There's nothing that you can face that I can't help you through. And so he says, I want you to listen to what I'm saying and I want you to rely. Put your trust. In what I'm saying. God wants us to trust. In his word. God's word has been one of the most attacked things. In history. Um, And yet. It continues to be shown to be true. Um, Rely on it. Build your life upon it. Uh, It's amazing to me. Which you know. uh, We've been having some discussions. And which I won't get into. But. Um, 
about evolution and, and science and all of this. And, but isn't it interesting that, and, and there's a lot of scientists now that don't believe that, but isn't it interesting that science is constantly changing? You ever notice that? What their opinion is today changes tomorrow. I love coffee. Starbucks is one of my favorite places. I try to go there whenever I can. And um, recently, they had a study come out, a scientific study that came out that said that coffee actually is really good for you, and you need to drink a good amount of it every day. It has antioxidants in it and all this stuff, and talking about all the health benefits to it. <clears throat> well, then, I was so excited about that, you know, now I've got an excuse to drink that coffee. And then another study came out and said that coffee can cause you some sort of health problem. Somebody else told me about that. I chose to listen to that with not as much attention because, uh, you know. But isn't it interesting? You see that all the time. Science, they're constantly changing what they believe. And yet there are many people in, in this world who will base a belief on a temporary scientific theory rather than in the unchanging word of God. God's word has not changed. It is true. It is reliable. And some people may dismiss it, just like the Pharisees did in this chapter when Jesus was talking. They dismissed what he said. But those who will receive it, those who will listen to it, those who will rely on it, those who base their life upon it will find not only is it true, but it's the truth that can set them free. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the amazing blessing of revelation. Of the fact that you have revealed your truth to us. Father, help us remain in it. God, help us to keep it. Help us to rely upon it. Fill us with your spirit and speak to our hearts. Empower us to live it out.